Championship weekend just went by in the state of South Carolina for high school basketball. So, congratulations to all of the state champions. Big shout out to one of my dear friends, someone I'm very um, fortunate to call my friend, Reggie McLean. Won his third state championship as a head coach. Um, shout out to Ridgeview; they won their state uh, their school's first state championship. So. That was huge, and we just had a whole line of um, a lot of talent. Shout out to my guy, my friend Dion Bethay. He won his um, first state championship and the school's first state championship at Gray Collegiate. So, you know, hey, championship weekend is always exciting. We all, of course, we wish we could have scored three more points so we could have played in it ourselves. But, hey, congrats to everyone. I'm not going to be a sore loser. I'm happy for you guys. Enjoy the moment because the next season has already started, my friends. How are you doing, brother Micah Kurtz? Yeah, for sure. I'm doing great. And I just echo the same statements you made. Definitely a huge shout-out. Congrats to all of the state champs. Uh, like you said, Dion Bate and Craig Collegiate. Dion's been an awesome guy for as long as I've known him. So huge congrats to Dion. And then definitely... Big, big, big congrats to Coach Eric Stoneman at Ridgeview. I've known him for past 10 years since uh, since his Oak Hill days as an assistant in Oak Hill. And, I mean, he's as good of a guy as they come. And, uh, I mean, what is this, his second year? Second year Man, at Ridgeview? Second year um, at Ridgeview, so. and he wins a state championship. And he's going to say Coach John Combs left him a great squad and, and, and a great program, which he did. Coach John Combs does a tremendous job at Billy and he did a tremendous job at Ridgeview. But Coach Stoneman did a tremendous job in a very, very short amount of time at Ridgeview High School. Him and Coach Savage. Coach Savage is a consistent listener um, for the podcast. Coach Savage did a great job of working those kids out, getting them ready. He's probably one of the young, up-and-coming coaches that's going to probably be a head coach before you know it wrecking havoc for other guys. So congrats to those guys. Job well done. And on a side note, that entire team comes back. Yeah. 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 Awesome job, Coach Stoneman. And you brought up made me think of one other person. I was gonna I was at another conference this weekend and uh coach Garrett Keith, great strength coach in at a high school in Alabama, known him for the past uh, few years and he uh he actually he, he, he made a point to say, hey, that podcast you guys are doing, I'm enjoying listening to it. So big shout-out to Coach Garrett Keith uh, out there in Alabama listening to our podcast. We appreciate it. Oh, man, yeah, we appreciate that, Coach, big time, man. And, um, you know, just to um, talk about Coach Kurtz a little bit, he's been doing a lot of traveling. He's been going, like, if you guys really want to perfect your craft and really sharpen your skills. You have to constantly research and engage yourself in your craft and, and be thoroughly immersed. And Coach Kurtz has been 
ripping up and down the road, going to different conferences, not just going to the conferences, but presenting and sharing this knowledge. So kudos to you, brother, for not being comfortable, enjoying where you are, but not being comfortable and constantly making your craft better, man. So kudos yes, to you. I appreciate kudos that. To you. Um, today's show, obviously every show is something that relates to coaches, man, but something we want to harp on in today's show is making sure as coaches we understand how important it is to put our student athletes first and and how to make sure we're doing that because a lot of times as coaches if you aren't careful careful you could find yourself you know in in indulging indulging in putting in putting your thoughts and mindsets and infusing your thoughts and mindsets in the young people that you that you deal with. And um Coach English, I'm gonna let you start because you do such a tremendous job of um putting your kids first, putting your program first and sacrificing a lot. So you you're like one of the true examples of what it means to put your kids first. So I'm going to let you harp on that a little bit on why it's so important as coaches to make sure we're putting the student athletes first that we are um, have the privilege to coach. Well, I think that the, 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 the importance for me, the reason why I have made that a general focus of mine is to build, um, I think that where we are, we have, a, we have an ability to impact, we have an ability, us on the, I know me and you, Josh, is on the men's side. Michael, you work with uh, both sides, men and young women. We have a chance to impact them in a way in which they will then go out and impact others, whether it's negative or positive. Whatever we value, the values that that we, whatever we put into them is what they're going to put into other people. And, you know, their parents are there as well. But, you know, sometimes we're the confidants. We're the ones that they run to when they can't talk to their parents. We're the ones that have a different type of relationship with them. We're the ones they can talk to. And I think that if they see us value them as young adults and helping them to grow, in turn, they'll turn and get paid that forward. And And I'm always thinking forward. Now, I could think about wins myself. I could think about wins. And I think a lot of coaches around here do think about that. I mean, you know, your job is predicated upon it. But I don't only think about winning on the floor. It's got to be winning classroom. It's got to be winning in the community. Like, you know, Thanksgiving, we said the homeless. You know, um, um, last night I talked about my boys. We had a, a remarkable season. Didn't get what we wanted to get, but we had a good season all the same. But I didn't even talk about our record. I didn't talk about the games we won. I didn't talk about the I spoke about the fact that these boys got out there and fed the homeless. I talked about, you know, the fact that, you know, a couple of my guys are headed to college. I talked about um, um, how proud I am of the team GPA. And I think that when you put the kids first, you're sacrificing of yourself. The best, what you may, may what you may selfishly want. Now, guess what they guess what now? Guess what they do? They sacrifice some of themselves for you, and they give up a little bit of themselves, and they understand that, hey, man, coach really cares about me. Because coach is not out here just yelling at me for this or yelling at me for that. Coach is actually, he actually, he actually cares about me. I, I posted a post the other day that said, I, I had a player call me, Ozante Fields over at South Carolina State. He called me, and he 
What you and saying? I know you've had a couple of these. Mike, I know you've had a couple of these phone calls. He said, thanks, coach. I said, wait, boy, what you talking about? He said, coach, just thank you. Because I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you. I was like, man, I ain't did nothing. He said, coach, you wouldn't quit on me. You just you just stuck after me. You made, you, you made me do things I didn't want to do. She was like, I love you to death and thank you. And for that sure. meant more to me than any game we won. Because guess what he's going to do now? He's going to pay that forward. And I think that that's the importance of us putting these kids first. The importance of putting these kids first is for them to pay it forward. For us to have the maximum impact, that means we have to impact as many of these kids as we can so they can go out and impact as many kids as we can. Because guess what? Josh, I know you went down to see one of your boys, uh, uh, Kendall Hampton, right? Right, right. It was, I'm pretty sure that was a problem. You in the building, he is the game-winning shot. He probably doesn't have that opportunity if he doesn't come across you. You see what I'm saying? Right. And I feel like, I think, I think that, and guess what he's going to do now? His playing days are over. He's probably going to gravitate towards helping some kids. Right. And that, and that's that's why I do it. I do it for the pay forwardness of this. Because at the end of the day, I'm going to have a job. You know, I tell people all the time, I teach English, I'm going to always have a job. Whether I can coach or not. I teach, I'm good. What right. I do, my passion is to help these kids realize their potential and be positive young role models. Because they're on a lot. And I think that as coaches, we are, and I think that we sometimes, we put such a value on winning, some of us put such a value on winning, that we forget that we are instilling what's in, what that in them. We're thinking about ourselves, we're thinking about our record. Well, I want to get to 100 wins, or I want to get to 500 wins. I, somebody asked me the other day, said, well, how close are you to 100 wins? I said, I don't even know how many wins I have. I have no clue. I couldn't tell you. Right. I had to sit down and do the math, but I'm not sure. The only the only so reason, you reason I know the only reason I know how many wins I got is because my wife did my resume and counted them. Literally, that's the only <laughs> reason I know. <laughs> and I mean I haven't I haven't needed my resume in two years. So I don't know uh two years ago it was sixty something. Right. And I couldn't even tell you that did. Right. So that's So I, I I think that for me it's the pay forwardness of it. I think it's it's the fact that you impact the kids in a different like the fact that your kids call you and ask you for advice even after they've gone to college. Right. The fact that I get phone calls when I'm doubting myself because I posted it because I was. When I'm doubting myself, I get that phone call and it's right on time because then I had to refocus and realize that this is why this is why I do this. Right, right. This is exactly why I got into this. I love the game. I love coaching the game. Ain't nothing like, ain't nothing like that feeling on the sideline. I love winning. I feel disappointed in the loss. But after all of that's done, you only play what twenty something games in the season. What you do the rest of the year? What you do the other two hundred and thirty something days of the year? Right, right, right. And, and that's and that's why and that's why I, I, my focus is there. For sure, Michael. What what you got, my brother? No, that was good stuff, Coach. You know, you know, you, you think um, all me, you, Coach Taylor, you, Coach English, anybody who's listening to this podcast that is a coach. One of the biggest reasons we are coaches today is because of the impact that one of the coaches, one of our, one of our coaches had on us. And I mean that impact that a coach can have on a kid is. I know you named 
three, four coaches right now off the top of my head from my, from when I was growing up that had an unbelievable positive impact on my life. And like you said, Coach Inlis, because they affected me in that positive way and made a difference in my life, that is why I got into this is because I wanted to be able to pass what they learned, they taught me and may be able to maybe make an impact on some uh, on a on a kid someday like they made an impact on me. So um I know that is why everyone in here one of the reasons why they got in this profession and uh I mean obviously there's a lot it's a grind. There's a lot of negative influences. We don't get paid that much. We spend a lot of time away from our families. We get we have a lot of non-coaches that think they're coaches that want to tell us what to do, and obviously, um, it can it can wear you down. But you you really need to step back at times and really realize why it is what we're doing, and and you never know the impact that you're going to have on a kid. You don't know the impact that you're having on your your, your athlete this year. You'll, you won't know that for the next 5, 10, 15 years when out of the blue, like you said, Coach English, one of them calls you up and tells you about how much uh, of an impact you had on their life. And, uh, I mean, it's what we do is really one of the last great frontiers of being able to try to mold leaders. And, and I, I, don't, I don't take that for granted ever. And, uh, I mean, I said this quote, uh, a couple of weeks ago on the podcast, and it's definitely something that I, that that I was really I've been thinking about the last few weeks. Whenever I'm interacting with with any of our athletes or, or thinking about the the impact that I want to have on our athletes, is from Maya Angelou. Where uh, I've learned that people will forget what you said, people will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. And I mean, I mean, the impact that you can have on these kids is unbelievable, and it's something that 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 we need to completely always have at the forefront and understand that you never know the impact that you're going to have on those those guys or girls until 5, 10, 15 years down the road. So let's, uh, let's try and focus on that. And the wins are going to come, and any of the negativity that comes with any of the other outside stuff that goes along with coaching, focus on the true reason why, why we're in this profession, and focus on... That coach, that coach in your past that made that difference on you and, and really pushed you to get into this profession. I feel you. Those, those, those are great points. And both of you guys said it, man. Like when you, when you're, one thing comes to my mind when you're trying to focus as a coach to ensure that you're keeping the kids first that you are dealing with. And I had all these um, fancy statements written down, and I had some some real um, intricate comments I wanted to get into. But as we started talking, one thing came to my mind. Putting kids first is growth-focused and centered. So whenever you're putting a kid first, it's growth-centered. Now, what do you mean by that, Josh? What I mean is this right here. Everything that you say to a kid is not going to be for them to agree with, is not going to be for them to like, but it should be for them to be promoted to grow. 
You want to promote kids to grow. And that's in our profession, that's one of the easiest ways to make sure that you're putting kids first. Well, what are some examples? For example, um, I walk in Coach Kurt's weight room. Every kid does not want to do the technique correctly. And sometimes Coach Kurtz might have 30 kids in that weight room. It is very easy to be like, all right, 25 kids are doing it right, but five kids are doing it wrong. So you overlook the five because whatever, it's just too much energy to correct every individual kid. But if you're putting that kids first, if you're putting that child first, you want to make sure that you can you are correcting them every step of the way because you want them to grow, you want them to get to the next level. That's why so many kids come back and see you, Coach Kurtz. Like today, like Coach Kurtz is getting old. To all of our listeners, Coach Kurtz is getting old because some of his former athletes came back to the weight room today. First of all, I'm 25 for forever. <laughs> it was, and one of his current athletes was there, and his current athlete told his former athlete, yes, ma'am. Like the athlete asked her a question, and the young lady was like, "Yes, ma'am." And I was like, and Coach Curry was like, "Well, ma'am, we must be getting old because you're saying yes, ma'am to people I used to coach." Well, I agree, Coach Curry, you're getting old. I stop aging after you say 25. I stop aging after 30. Like at the 30, I was like, every number's the same after that. So, yeah. So, so like I think when you when everything is growth centered, you're putting your kids first. Because growth is going to force you to tell the truth. Growth is going to force you to do what's right, even when it doesn't benefit you as the leader of younger people. Even when it doesn't benefit you. Like, for instance, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a high school coach. And I'm a, and, and I'm a high school coach. A really good player wants to transfer to my school. Instead of me just saying, oh, yeah, I got me a player. Let's transfer. Let's do this. No. What I have done and what I currently do, I'm going to tell that young player, did you talk to your previous high school coach? Maybe y'all need to work that situation out before you come. If you still can't work it out, then we'll um, um, consider you coming to our school. That's giving that child an opportunity to do it the right way and grow. That's putting the child first instead of going with your own agenda. Because at times as adults, our agenda may benefit, especially in our profession. In our profession, our agenda, and it's nothing wrong with having an agenda. Don't think that's a bad thing as a, as a coach, as a, as a leader of young people. Your agenda at multiple times is going to benefit from the performance of the young people that you lead. Okay? For sure. So it's okay to have an agenda. But when your agenda starts to cross the lines of t- and, 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 and when your agenda neglects the growth of young of young people, that's when you're wrong. That's when you're not doing it the right way. That's when you're not putting the child first. So you have to be very, very careful with that. Like the tweet I put out the other night, last night I put out two tweets. One tweet was about high school coaches. Stop saying that AAU is bad. Okay, because it's a very important element that you need, if, if especially and not just basketball, but all trap, with all sports that have travel teams, baseball, volleyball, and so forth. AAU coaches, yes. AAU coaches, 
Don't backstab and degrade the high school game because you need the entire spectrum because you those kids can't be recruited if they don't have good high school grades. So the entire spectrum is important. But a lot of times and why so many high school and AAU coaches have conflicts are because each group, and I'm not going to say I is the AAU coaches or I is the high school coaches. Says, guess what? I coach both. I coach both. But as, as leaders of young people, we have to ensure that our agendas don't neglect teaching young people to do the right things and grow at all times. When you do that, you enable the people that you lead with the opportunity to grow. And um, Coach Ian, um, Coach Coach Curse, I'm gonna hit y'all with something, and and and, and it, it's still related to the topic, which gets into this FBI probe that we're going through right now with NCAA basketball that's rocking NCAA basketball. Where did those people, those leaders of young people, go wrong? And you don't have to call any names, but whether those people go wrong. And put and now we're in a situation where not NCAA basketball has a black eye right now that's going to really take some time before that bruise heals. Like where where did they go wrong? And just what we're talking about, they well, put the needs of themselves first. Yeah. Where, I mean, where you can't just point to one place where they went wrong. I mean, it's a <laughs> it's a broken system by far. Obviously, as we see with all this stuff. And I think I didn't even read an article. The article, but I just saw it come out where um, some uh, NBA coach or NBA GM or somebody was saying that they want to. Um, why can't we make something where these kids who put them their names in for the NBA draft and all this stuff? If we if they change the one and done, and they can put their name into the NBA draft right out of high school. Four kids that say after one year or two years or whatever, and they put their name in the NBA draft, and they go, don't get drafted. Why can't we just let them go back to college? Why like does that. it have to be this rigid system of rules? Oh, you talked to an agent. You got this agent. Da, da, da. Now you you can't go back to college. Like If we really want to do what's best for the kids, if this is a kid who can be a college scholarship basketball player, and he does not get drafted, why can't he go play, get a college degree, and have a school pay for his tuition? Like, that's just common sense when when you just break it down to that. Why does there have to be all this stuff? Oh, well, he talked to an agent, so now he lost his amateur status. Like, no, let's, let's just think logically and do what's best for the kid. This kid possibly got some bad advice that he thought he was going to get drafted. He did not get drafted. So why don't we let him go back to school and get an education? Like, what what are we talking about here? Right, right. One thing I think, like you said, it's so much going on. It's it's like a broken system. It's like someone went into your fancy um, china closet with a baseball bat and broke up all your good china, okay? And you can't eat at Thanksgiving. So you, you, you can't get a good meal because all the good china is broken up. And right now we're eating off paper plates. And um, one, one thing I think, and if I could point, if I was forced to point at one thing, the one thing I would say is the fear 
promotion and jealousy of monetary gain has put the NCAA, specifically basketball, we're talking about basketball, in this situation. Now, what do I mean? The promotion of money. I'm going to pay this kid $100,000 to go to this school because at on the backside, I want them to sign with my agency, sign with my company, and or, or sign with my um, corporation and make me money on the backside. Okay, so the promotion of money. Um, I think that deals with the people that are trying to get the benefit that are telling them, hey, here's the cash, do this, okay? Then you get into the jealousy of it. Some people are upset because this guy got a payday and I didn't, okay? The jealousy of it. And, 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 and then last but not least, the fear of it. The NCAA has a fear of monetary gain for young athletes because they think it's going to taint the sport. They think it's going to put a stain on the sport and bring things in like point shaving and 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 and, and different different um things that occur within the game that's going to take the purity out of the game. And it makes in and, and, and money. So if I'm going to point at one thing, the folks that are leading these young people put money in front of the growth of young people. Like why give the child the payday now? Teach them to do the right thing. Teach them to fight and, 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 and earn their way the right way, and their money will never run out. But because, like you said, Coach English, I want what's for me at this current time, and that was best for the kid. Here's the money. This fits my agenda. Even though it's stopping you from growing, it's stunning your growth. I'm putting my agenda first. So we really, really have to get back to the basics. And I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm some schoolboy that wants the world to be pure and have no stains because I don't think the NCAA basketball will ever get back to that point. But if we're ever going to get to that point, they're going to have to get back to the basics and get back to the point where – I'm in the NCAA. I'm playing the game I love. I'm going to school for free because I play the game I love. What I get from that element, what I get from that time of playing, then I will live with what's next. But I think I think it was the article on ESPN. This I saw that Steve Kerr um, said, like you like you quoted Coach Kurtz, why not allow those kids that didn't get drafted to go back to the NBA? Because it's the fear of money. They've talked to an agent. They might have already took some cash. So it's the fear of money. Okay? So I, I and, and it's frustrating because at the end of the day, all of the college coaches, not all, but the bulk of the college coaches that are getting in trouble are financially set. They have the, they have the cash. Okay, that some of the financial advisors and the agents that are going to continue to get in trouble, they're financially set. But the people that are really affected by this and left high and dry are the young people. And you might be like, well, they're going to go to the NBA and make money. Stop making the money the basis of everything. Because if the if you don't have lessons, the money you gain now is just going to be that, the money you gain now. And before you know it, because you didn't learn, because you don't have the foundation, that money's going to be gone. And, and, and when you get caught up in chasing the dollar, 
That's what you're going to be doing. Puff Daddy said it best. I, I mean, a lot of people said it. But one thing was stuck on me with Puff. Don't chase money. Chase your passion. And when you chase your passion, everything you make along with that is even more sweeter. And we've got to the point where we are putting these young people in situations. And, and just talking about this FBI probe where the adult's agenda became more important than the child's growth. And they start putting the children first. I'm off my soapbox. I apologize. I'm going to let you guys. Let me, let, me, let me interject real quick because it's funny you said all of that. And, and, and the adult's agenda surpassed the kid's development. Amen. That is huge. You want to know why that's so huge? Because there is a 611 kid in this area right now. And I got a phone call. And it was, hey, you know, hey, you know. And they used a term. That I was like, you gotta be kidding me. Because the kid's in the eighth grade. Hey man, do you know who his handler is? Wow. His handler? Wow. He has a handler. And you think about it, you go back and think about it. Well, shoot, a lot of these kids got him. Who do you have to talk to to get that kid? And is this he... is where, so, I have... so why is it that go he ahead, has go a ahead. handler? Once you have a handler, he's in the eighth grade. That means that what, what that means is somebody found him. Oh man, you tall. You should play basketball. You know what? I'm hang with you, and I'm and I'm gonna guide you through this process. For at some point, I can get something out of it, and that's where the adults go wrong, and that's why we have this problem now. And and what's so <laughs> dangerous about that is what you said. The develop they're putting their agenda in front of the development and growth of the kid. Because see, the average mind, the little shallow minds are saying, oh, the development, you're talking about basketball. No, mother suckers. I'm not just talking about (laughs) basketball. I'm talking about this kid growing with the mindset of, hey, I got to work hard to get everything I want. I got to work hard to earn my dreams. I got to work hard to be where I want to be in the next 10 years. Hard work. But no, you tell this kid now, hey, you might be a little talented. You're a little bigger than everyone else. And this is what they should be doing for you. Horse crap. Bigger than horse crap. What's what's the biggest animal out there? Elephant doo-doo. Okay? Elephant doo-doo at the circus in the middle of the show. When no one wants it there, okay? The most inconvenient <laughs> elephant, elephant doo-doo. You're teaching that kid the wrong way. And before you know it, that kid is just going to be an enabled adult that does not know how to find their way when times get rough. And to all you so-called handlers, because I know you're out there, see me, at me. I don't even care at this point. But all of you people that are out there that are teaching our young babies that someone owed them something, that someone should give them something because of who they are and not go with the mindset of being the hardest worker, being the hungriest person at the table and think everything is supposed to come to you easy because of who you are. Screw y'all mother suckers. I can't curse because kids listen. But screw y'all because you are messing the game up. It's not about you. And guess what? If you want, if you're trying to find a break from a kid, if you're trying to get a break from a kid, bruh, 
It's a whole lot of side jobs you can do to make some residual income. Because at the end of the day, if you're doing it, you're really doing it for a payday. Because if you weren't doing it for a payday, you would be teaching these kids the right way. And you would be doing it and keeping them uncomfortable. Because discomfort is going to be the only thing to force these young great ones that we deal with to get the maximum growth potential. And if you don't do that... Go ahead, Bubba. Go ahead. I'm sorry because no, I don't want to fight I'm, right I'm now, say, and I'm sorry. No, 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 no. You good? I'm just going to say, you know, like, but you speak it. You know who you? What you're speaking? They don't want to hear. But they they going to hear. They don't want to hear that. One. But you know what? This is they for the wanna, parents. This is for the parents because a lot of times, and we talked about it on the other show. A lot of parents aren't aren't um savvy enough to understand but then i know and i don't want to call the name because i don't want to be like oh coach you embarrass me on the show i know a whole lot of savvy parents that understand the process and what's crazy about all of those parents that understand what it means to put the child first knows that it's about that child's growth so i'm not going to tell my son or daughter that someone owes them something you want more playing time earn it. Guess what? You just put that child first because you promoted growth. You want you want your role on a team to change? Work harder on your game. Guess what? You just promoted growth. So you put that child first. See, it's a tricky thing when it comes to putting your child first because a lot of people think just putting your child first is giving them everything they want and think and, and try to supply all of their needs. That's not putting your child first when you give them everything they want. The most simple way, like I said earlier, that you know that you're putting the child first that you're dealing with is just simply making sure everything you do dealing with that child is growth centered. I don't like checking over my sons when I make them wash the dishes, but I have to force them to do their chores now because if they don't, they won't grow. And before you know it, they'll be a lazy teenager. And before you know it, they're going to be an elephant crap man. And I, I don't have, I'm not raising that crap. You understand? And it's not it's not comfortable, it's not fun at times, but everything has to be growth-centered when you're dealing with young people. And if you look at the coaches that are consistently successful, if you look at the coaches that win year in and year out, they're growth-centered, okay? They're growth-centered. What, what, what you say all the time, Josh? A great program never graduates, never transfers. Hey, man, I learned that. From the late, great Edward Pellman, man, you know, before he passed away. Something I do, like, I call I call older coaches and I talk to them. There's no pride in that because just like how Coach Kurtz is always traveling, I go to clinics and I want to learn. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, the young folks that we deal with, they're next. They're the next leaders. And, and, and my brother Frank Martin a coach who I admire so much at the University of South Carolina said it best. The kids haven't changed. The adults have changed. And, and all of those people that made it, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I remember the great ones that came through. I, Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan was raised by his mom and dad. He's the greatest of all time. He didn't have a handler. AAU basketball wasn't that big back then. But everybody stills wear, still wear Michael Jordans. Steph Curry, an NBA MVP, one of the best players in the league, he didn't have a handler. 
He was raised by his parents because they understand. They understood the process. He barely had a college scholarship. Barely had a college scholarship. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and it frustrates me because we see it, and 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 and, uh, and, and, and the three of us are so intimately close to this because we see it so often. And once you you start promising these kids things, and and for for someone to say, for someone to say who's his handler. Who you got to talk to to get that kid? That boy is in the eighth grade. The only thing that child should be worried about is being obedient and what he need to do with his the next step, not not the next step of his life, but literally the next step in front of him. What am I doing with this with this left step and, and that right step? Because he's a baby. The only thing he should be focused on is growth and getting better, not developing the mindset of yeah, I'm better than everybody else. Think you're special. Believe in yourself. But if, once you start teaching kids not to be humble and not to think they got to earn everything, there the problem exists. And at the end of the day, these crummy adults, and I'm not trying to pass judgment, but these crummy adults that are in it for, for a big fix for themselves, the kid don't make it, the adult goes on to the next thing. But guess what? That kid, they, they that, go on kid, to the next that, kid. You, that kid that you screwed over, it's still in the same place. And guys, and and, and, and and like I tell parents, I don't promise my parents, I don't promise my parents scholarships. I don't promise my parents, oh, they're going to get these awards. The only thing I guarantee my parents is the one thing I can control. They're going to get this work. That's it. They're going to get all I got to help them become better people, better young men, better young women, and in the mean, and in the process of doing that, becoming a better god doggone basketball player, because that's what I coach. If I coach soccer and lacrosse, it would be the same darn thing. I think I'm a tremendous offensive coordinator with football, but I can't get hired nowhere because never the football coaches never take me serious when I say that. But listen, man, and 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 I guess this show turned real passionate for me because we see it so often, not just the kids we deal with, but the kids. We see on TV, I'm tired of turning on the TV and finding these young brothers making these simple bad decisions because they've been taught that they can get away with everything and there's no consequences. And as as leaders of young people, we got to put these babies first. And that may mean it might not benefit your agenda at the time. It might not benefit your agenda at the time, but in the long run, your agenda will be blessed because you did right by someone else. I'm sorry. Yeah. Mike, I know you no, got something I to say. I love it. I love it, Coach. I love what you, what you said about everything you do for coaching these kids is focused on, on their growth potential. So, I mean, when we talk about, oh, you need, we, we need to make a positive impact on these kids. Everything we do should be about being a good influence on them and being a positive influence. And what, I keep saying the word positive, and I don't want people to think, hey, this is all lovey-dovey, and, and you're just here, like you said, enabling the kids. So everything we need to do is, needs to be focused on growing them to be a great person, uh, a great future, whatever career they're in, a great maximize their potential. And at the time... They might not think of that as being the best thing for them when we're, right. when we're focused on growth. And, but as long as our agenda is always trying to do what's best for them in the long term, whether 
they like it at the time, whether the parents think they're good for the thing at the time. But if our number one agenda is what we feel can be the best for them in the long run, like I said, um, it might not be tomorrow. It might not be next year. It might be 5, 10, 15 years down the line. But that kid's going to call you and say, hey, I appreciate what you did. I know we bought an ass here and there, but I know everything that you did. You wanted me to be the best person possible. And, uh, you know, and we need to, that's what we need to focus on is just always focusing on throwing these kids because there's not that many people around them nowadays that are focused on that. There's too many people that want to hand them stuff. They want to get them the quick fix. They want to let them get things their way. Um, and we want them to be successful, but it has to be taught that they need to earn it and be taught how to how to handle it and be taught how to how to grow into success. So I think that was awesome. Man, I appreciate it, man. If I had a tambourine, it would sound like we in church because amen, brother. <laughs> Amen. You know that person won't stop playing a tambourine after the preacher preaching. Everybody ready to go home? You would be mad at me right now because I would be playing my tambourine talking about preach, preacher, preach. Because I'm just so passionate about it. We deal with young people and we're not getting paid six figures. Okay, that's the obvious. We're educators and me and Micah say it all the time to each other. What the flip are we thinking? We're looking at some of the other people that don't care about much making all this cash. But at the end of the day, I think we're rich in values. I think we're rich in relationships. And I think we are extremely wealthy in purpose. And those are the things time, death, and life never take away. Because your values, your purpose, your relationships live forever. I.e. Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, Nelson Mandela, Gandhi, and all of the other great, great people that came through. So those things, those things never die. And I think we are wealthy in that. And I think we aren't done yet. But man, just, just man, growth comes in multiple ways. But as leaders, as young people, it is our job to make sure we are nourishing and, and and housing that growth so the young people we deal with do it. And it's not going like my, like Coach Kurt said, it's not always going to be peachy peaches and cream. Sometimes it's going to be get up off your butt, get it done, or get out. Sometimes it's going to be that. But it's focused on growth. And and I fiend for the coaches and, and teachers that teach my sons to hold them to an expectation. I get excited when my, I go to one of my oldest son's rec league practices and they kick his butt out of practice and make him do push-ups because he didn't get it done. Because I want you to hold them to the fire. And um, I think this is, I hope this show has really helped someone. We're going to get into our shout-outs and um, bring this thing to a close. I hope this blessed you. I hope it's helped you. Um, understand the importance of putting young people first and putting young people first should be growth centered man it's not about us but the first shout out i'm going to do is like always thank you to all the listeners thank you all the retweets we really appreciate y'all it's becoming so much now that we can't call out each individual so much love and appreciation with that pre shout out to coach kurt coach kurt out with the um up with stars who's been showing us a whole lot of love. We're going to actually have to get Coach Butler on the show one day. 
Um, we're going to have to get Coach Nelson on the show with Hooperville, Coach Butler with um, the six-man basketball. We're going to get you guys on the show real soon, man. Um, but I want to give a special shout-out to my little cousin, Adam Staley. He promised us an intro rap and an intro song. And coaches, believe it or not, we will be getting it tonight. He gave me his word earlier today that he's going to put He's going in the studio. He's actually a very good rapper. He writes for other rappers. Um, but he's not, um, the way his contract's set up, he's not allowed to say which rappers he writes for. Um, but he's a ghostwriter. He's a ghostwriter. Ghostwriter. He's a ghostwriter. So, but shout out to my little cousin, Adam. He's not my little cousin, but he's a grown man, married with kids. He just had a little um, son, son. And uh, much love to the family. And my um, big cousin, Dontre, is going to be lacing the vocals on it. He listened to a couple of the shows so he can make it very personal for us and really make a good one. So I'm excited about that. But shout out to him. And I'm going to let you guys get into your shout outs. I apologize for being long-winded this show. Uh, No, it's all good. Uh, man. I want to give a shout out to to all the coaches that listen, for sure. And all Mm -hmm. the coaches. Uh, You just mentioned Coach Daly. When we talk about Focusing on growth, I mean, it's it's doing doing what's what's difficult at times, and especially those coaches that are coaching extremely talented individuals, and they're not bending their coaching philosophy and bending their team rules and bending their team chemistry just to appease that star player. Because in the long run, it might work out for a season or two or whatever in high school, but it's not focusing on growing that individual to be the best they can be at the next level and at the even at the next level, the pro level if they if they potentially have that type of talent. Amen. Um, focused on really coaching holding these kids to standards at at no matter how talented they are at every single level. Um, so shout out to all the coaches that do that, I know definitely um, I'm, I'm thrown by a lot of coaches that do do that, including you, Coach Daly, and you, Coach English. So I appreciate you guys. And, and a double shout out, actually, to you, um, Coach Daly, for, uh, like you said, Kendall Hampton hit the game winner this weekend. And Coach Daly, little thing about Kendall is he's one of the most talented kids that ever came through Florida, but he did not play high school sports. Well, he played high school sports his freshman year and was ineligible his sophomore year, ineligible his junior year. When Coach Daly got there, a lot of people told him, don't give this, this kid's gotten every chance. He just said, well, not focus. Cannot get right in the classroom. Don't give him another chance. Coach Daly got him to buy in, saw the potential, coached him hard, didn't appease him, and, uh, he had a great year with Coach, and now he's, now he's doing big things at the next level. So shout Man. out to you, Coach Daly, and you, you shout good. out to Kendall Hampton because, like uh, Coach English said, I think the impact that you had on him, Coach Staley, is going to take him a long ways where he's going to 5, 10, 15, 20 years down the road, he's going to say, hey, I'm going to make that impact on somebody, and that's, uh, that's what this is all about. Amen. Amen. Yeah, um, that 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 uh, big big shout out to you, there, Josh, man. Uh, shout out to you, Mike. I had a chance to do what you do this weekend, and I'm never doing it again. I had to, <laughs> but you don't like that. You don't like you don't like that airport life. 
Hey, man, listen, I, I, I made the mistake of, of, of having to t- return my rental at 5 p.m. when my flight didn't take off. Ooh. When my flight didn't take off till 10 p.m. But I was just sitting in the airport uh, uh, looking around and, 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 and didn't realize that, hey, man, I'm a little hungry. Let me see if I can get something to eat. The food at the airport is so jacked up. And then after spending a hundred, two hundred dollars in there for five hours, got dog got on a plane, landed at twelve in Charlotte, still had to drive an hour and forty five minutes to Orangeville, and then had to wake up, got home at didn't fall asleep till three, had to wake up and be to work. So Micah, power be unto you, may the force be with you. I am not trying to live that at all. But much respect because you grind, brother boy, do you grind. You gotta take shortcuts and you do what you gotta do. Cause to do that, for all those who don't know, that takes a special kind. They call it, you hear Coach, you hear Coach Daly call him, uh, Bruce Wayne? He mean that. Cause you gotta, you gotta be Batman or Superman or somebody. Hey, he's Batman. <laughs> I've never seen this man eat a piece of bread. Like, this dude is not human, man. <laughs> so, shout out to It's a grind, for sure. Hey, it, it definitely, I, it, it, and then you, like, I went for leisure. Like, you go to work. Right, you know? this dude. Dog, you know, dog, like, but let me say this right quick. This dude, let me tell you about your man. I, w- I was going to let it slide. I wasn't going to say nothing. This dude makes his family go to the clinics. Like, this man, first it was his brother, right? I was like, okay, that's cute. That's cute. He got his brother at the clinic. Dog, I'm scrolling through my Instagram because, you know, obviously Micah talks good about me to his family. So, me and his mama Instagram friends, this man got his mama at the clinics. I said, what kind of man? Yo, you need, you, you need a photographer at your clinic and no, you need to pictures. But you know what? That was that was so dope. That was so dope. And now that you say, yeah, that was mom dudes taking the pictures. But no, the, but no, but in all seriousness, I mean, my my first ever my first ever teacher, my first my first real teacher, and uh, she uh, she critiques me on my presentation, yes, and sir. I actually ran through my presentation with her, gave a dry run, just me and her in the room, be like I'm speaking to the audience, and she does, she don't look back, and she she's my first she was my first teacher, and she was is still my best teacher. She uh, shout out to my mom for. Uh, Critiquing me and helping me with any of my presentations because I'm definitely not a boring uh, presenter like I mean, Coach Daly and Coach English. Oh, you guys are, are very, very natural, and you guys would be unbelievable presenters. And I've heard you speak a few times, Coach Daly. So it, it's not easy on me. I got to practice a lot of times going through the <laughs> runs in my hotel room, and I and I got a couple practice runs these last couple weeks with uh, my mom critiquing me. So shout out to my mom. Hey man, hey man. Uh, and, uh, hit him with the line. Yeah, I'm, I'm about to. I got one more shout out, man. I, I, I went home um, this week and I got a chance to spend. I haven't seen my mom and dad in two years. Amen. So I got the opportunity to spend some time with both of them. And I want to give a shout out to my mom. And I want to give a special shout out to my dad. We knew my mom listened to the show. So uh, me and my dad are sitting at dinner. If you ever have a chance to go to New York, there's a restaurant called BKU Winery. Best food I've ever had in my entire life. What, what's, the, what's the name of it? 
It's called BKU Winery. It's on Franklin Avenue in Brooklyn. Sounds it's expensive. It's right down there by the Brooklyn Museum. Sounds expensive. Listen, luckily Dan had No, was paying the bill. The bill, was, the bill came, and I said, Daddy, I got it. I looked at it, and I slid it over the table. And no, uh, uh, I'm a visitor. It quickly went from I got it to I'm a visitor. You gotta look at the bill before you say I got it. Right, 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 right. <laughs> That's the makeup for the meals he missed when you were younger. So, yeah, so you're right, you're right. you that and you know what? I should have I brought that up. But um, we're talking to my nephew because my nephew's at dinner with us. He just turned 21. And the reason I'm giving my dad the shout-out is because I never knew he listened to the show. Oh, man. I sent him I sent him one episode. Um, and I said, Dad, we get a chance to listen to it. So... He didn't respond. My dad's not an emotional guy. He's not that, none of that. He just didn't respond at all. So he's talking to my, he says, um, he says, do you know that Yusuf, and for those who don't know my first name is Yusuf, Yusuf can never, can never make me satisfied. And I looked at him like, Jesus, you know what I'm saying? All of I've done? He says, I will always be proud of him, but he can never, he can never make me satisfied because I always want, I don't want him to feel comfortable enough to make him feel that he's there. He has not named it yet. So that's why, and he started talking to my nephew and he says, I've listened to every show and I enjoy your show. The people at my job enjoy your show. And I said, are you serious? Like, I'm at the table shocked. And he starts talking about you, Micah, and he said, you know, and, and this, and he starts talking about you, Josh, he talked about Lena, and I'm sitting there going, you really listen to the show. So, I know he's going to hear this one, so shout out to you, Dad. Thanks for listening all the time. We love you, Papa. Apparently, he's heard every episode, um, so that's, that's actually cool for me. Um, it, it lets me know. Once again, he told me, I still, I, he said, you still ain't got it. He, he did throw this shout at me. He said, you still ain't got out the second round, so I can't really be too proud of you. Oh. When you get out the second round, then we'll be fine. But you, I said, I don't need that in my life right now. You know what? That kind of hurt. That's, that's, a good, <laughs> that's a good omen because... I had an uncle that gave me a hard time every time I lost in the state championship. And what was crazy is after I finally won one, he didn't even say good job. He just said, oh, uh. all he said was, oh, and uh, I was like, what kind of man? So, so, so you're, 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 we're going to get out of here coming. now, man. I know we took up a lot of your time. So we're going to hit you with it. Um, to join the conversation, hit us up at the Stanley English show. That's the Stanley A-N-D English show at gmail.com. On all media, on all kinds of social media, we are the Stanley and English Show. On except for on Twitter, we are the S and E Show. Um, hit us up, tweet us, add us, do whatever we can. We've been replying, we've been doing the best we can to get to everybody. Uh, we're we're closing down on two thousand downloads. That is crazy to be that to be that hot in this short period of time. I now know that we are in, we are being downloaded in New York. That is nuts. So. Continue to give us your problems. Alabama, 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 Alabama,
and uh, uh, Big C Bus has been consistency. And we're gonna, and I'm gonna leave you with this one today on this episode. Usually we say for God first, everything else will follow. But I'm gonna leave you with the words of my angel. People might forget what you said and not forget what you do, but they'll always remember how it makes you feel. Hopefully, this show makes you feel good every week. Have a great day. Amen. God bless. Yeah. yeah.